Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing Philippa Robinson. Philippa had a very deep personal transformation. She healed childhood trauma. She learned to love herself and live for herself. Through this, she arrived at her sole mission to guide people to be the truest versions of themselves because she believes that is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves. Philippa came on to share her own very unique, deeply multi-layered story of self-love coming from a childhood full of trauma and deeply ingrained uh, beliefs about herself that were not really the most supportive, um, as well as growing up with an alcoholic parent. She had to do a lot of unlearning as an adult, unlearning codependency and learned how to have healthy relationships, learned how to love herself, honor herself, be really solid, have a solid core of love within herself. She has since become a coach. She has written a book. She has her own podcast. She's doing amazing things. And she says that her fifties are her best decade yet. Philippa's story is really, really inspirational. I can't wait for you to meet her. Here she is. My name is Katie Allen and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Philippa Robinson. Philippa, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody? Well, Katie, uh, good, well, good morning for me anyway. It's 6.30 a.m. here in uh, the UK. And um, yeah, so I'm just slowly uh, coming to exercising uh, self-love really early this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm I'm 53. I live in Bristol in the southwest of uh, the UK. But anybody who knows the UK accents, I'm not from here originally. I'm originally from the northwest. And I, you know, I spent years traveling, not traveling, but wandering around the UK trying to find where my home was going to be. Yep. It turn, turns out turns out that it's here in, in Bristol, but it turns out actually that home is inside. And that's sort of the journey I've been on for the the last five years since I had quite a, a breakdown. So um, yeah, that's me, and I'm sure the rest of my story is kind of <laughs> going to come out as we as we speak. So um, yeah, yeah, that's me so far this morning. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for getting up early to do this. And uh, yes, we'll we'll ease you in slowly. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so Philippa, this podcast is all about self-love, right? Telling the stories mm. of people just like you who maybe at a time didn't like themselves, didn't love themselves, mm. didn't honor themselves, and the journey that you've taken to loving yourself, accepting yourself, whatever that may look like for you. So I know you mentioned five years ago, and I know that there's a lot there, um, but did it start before that? What is the beginning of your challenging relationship with yourself? Well, the beginning is the beginning, actually, as in the very beginning, really. Um, I I realise now, as a result of all the work that I've done, that actually, you know, my mother was probably quite ambivalent about having a baby. Mm. So um, actually, I probably picked up the vibes then, then and I'm pretty, pretty sure that as a tiny baby, um, if anybody can believe that that could be the case because I don't think I would ever have really believed that could have been the case until I delved into it I think pretty much my you know I I came into the world thinking it wasn't particularly a safe place 
um, I think. I don't think my mum thought it was a safe place, so she wasn't able to convey that to me. You know, she was she was married to my dad. She was 21. She need, she wanted to get away from her home and she got married because that's kind of what you had to do uh, in the 60s to, to be able to leave home. And, you know, she found herself pregnant um, reasonably quickly. And, you know, I think she she used to dress me up very nicely uh, in the photographs I've seen. And, you know, I wasn't a nice, dainty pretty little baby you know I was a fat chubby wanting to get down in the dirt um sort of just explore life sort of baby so no sooner had she put me in something pretty I was filthy and it it sort of was a mismatch from the word go really yeah um and that's that's and I, I can see that now obviously I couldn't see that at the time just at the time I grew up feeling very much uh like I didn't fit in Mm -hmm like I perhaps didn't belong my parents divorced when I was about six I think I'm not quite sure neither of them are here anymore um and I've and there's not really anybody I can check with who's still alive but I think they were about I I was about six and she remarried reasonably quickly Mm -hmm. and went on to have more children and I always felt really unsafe I always felt that my place in the new home was um I don't know where I thought I would be sent but I soon felt that I had to be a good girl and I had to toe the line and I had to uh, you know help around the house and I was the only girl I had three brothers and um you know in order to keep my place in that home I felt like I had to earn it Mm. uh and you know my supreme people-pleasing tendencies started you know, around age eight, nine, I'd say, as well as at the same time being put on a diet because I was bigger than my mother wanted me to be. So I got all those messages really early on that just being me wasn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of layers of receiving that message though. Like that, that, I mean, I think, you know, many of us have some version of this, but you sort of got like this, like layer cake of, of like, maybe you're not really wanted maybe it's not safe maybe you don't belong you need to change like again and again wow that's tough as a little I mean it's tough for anybody especially as a young child though yeah yeah Yeah. and of course it was all it was all I knew so I didn't know I didn't know any any different and um yeah, I mean, I, by the time I got to 18, I just couldn't wait to get my exam results and just leave and go to university, which is, you know, which is what I did and kind of didn't look back. And I, 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 I thought that that would be my freedom. I think there's always been now I can recognize there's always been that spark inside of me that like that bit that's going, it's OK, just get through this and there will be more. There will be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt that you know leaving home and going to university would would be my sort of ticket out of there really and my ticket into real life but of course what I found when I went to university which is sort of like you know a little bit looked after but not but more so out in the real world but not really out in the real world and um, I just found I didn't have the skills to form proper relationships with people um I didn't know I didn't know who I was I didn't know how to 
how to use my own voice, be my own self, form those proper, be vulnerable um, and form proper relationships with people. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I've, I've got lots of great friends from school and from university still now. Um, so it's not like it was awful. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying my life was entirely awful the entire time because it wasn't. It, it, and there were some really fun times. Um, but underneath it all was this layer always of uh, you're not good enough. Nobody likes you. Yeah. Nobody actually really wants you around. So you've really got to try. You've really got to try hard for people to want you to be around. And, and that is what I took into my adulthood, into my marriage, into my parenting, you know, into my career. And um you, you know, it was exhausting. I, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. it. It's, I think it's really important to, you know, what you're saying is like these beliefs, these stories, mm. these things that you believe about yourself. You can't just because you move, just because you go to uni, just because you get married, just because you become a parent, just because these changes happen, those stories stay with you because they are part of you until you mm. address them right they're always yeah <laughs> yeah ab absolutely and I I think I always knew there was something missing yes and that's why I you know so I, I I was a lawyer I went to university and did law and then I started a big London law firm you know on the on the surface I was doing I was doing really well I was doing great and um you know there were some great times um but I think I always knew there was something that there was something missing and I didn't know what that was and I think that's what drove me to constantly I changed jobs every two years or so mm -hmm. and with that I moved cities so I moved around the UK and moved cities and there was always something else I was looking for yeah. um I mean when I got to Bristol I've now lived in Bristol longer than I've lived anywhere else um and it was here that I met I didn't move here for my husband I moved here for somebody else but I then uh, you know that didn't work out and I met my now husband and we've been married for 17 years and I think when I got married I thought that would make the difference mm -hmm. and you know I now know you know hindsight is a great thing isn't it that you know I I spent my entire time looking for my happiness outside mm -hmm. thinking it would just be that this next job might be the thing that makes it better this next move this next city might suit me better this next relationship might be the one that that's kind of gonna fix me yeah um but of course that wasn't the case. <laughs> but of course that wasn't the case because that's not how it works <laughs> that's not how it works no no, no. and um, you know it would be in a way it would be you know, I put the work in, I put the effort in, I did all those changes. If you, do you know what I mean? If, if that would have been the answer, yeah. I, I hope I would have found it because I did put the, the time and the effort in. But, you know, it, it just wasn't because that's not where the answer no. lies. And I don't I'm not sure that I'm pretty sure that's not where the answer lies for anybody. It's certainly yeah. not where the answer lay for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. So what did you do then from that place like how did how did you get to where you are now how did you start yeah. see, seeing the stories and shifting those yeah I'd like to say I had this like what you know this moment of enlightenment and I I just saw what was needed and it was a lovely step into the light and you know oh uh, of course it wasn't like that um yeah. I um 
So I, <clears throat> I got married in my mid thirties and had, so by the time I was 40, I had two children under two and, um, I was married and I was kind of like, oh, you know, this, this is, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. This is where I wanted to be. And, um, I also did one of those crazy, um, you know, very low calorie diets and lost five stone. So I was also the thinnest I'd ever been as well. And it was like, wow, this is it. I'm here. This is like this Nirvana that I've been waiting for. And, um, it turned out that, I mean, the biggest thing I learned about losing all that weight was that it wasn't the weight that was making me unhappy. I think I'd spent so many years not wanting to lose the weight um, because I didn't want to find out that perhaps life was still rubbish, even when I was slim. I didn't think I dared do that. And then I did it and I found out that that was true, Mm -hmm. that actually being slim was not making the difference. So from that point, um, you know, the weight came back because it does. Um, And I was getting and it wasn't about the weight. It was about what was going on in my head. And I was getting more and more angry. I could I could feel the the anger inside was much closer to the, the, you know, much closer to the the edge, the top from coming out of my mouth a a lot more. And I'd be having these arguments because you know we, we've got no parents between us they've all gone we have no help two children under you know very close in age you know it was hard work and um it was very testing for our relationship and um I was angry a lot of the time and I, I'd, I'd start have these arguments um as you do and I remember feeling a little bit that was the first time I witnessed really witnessed dissociation when I'd be like I'm it's almost like I'm standing at the side of me watching me be absolutely vile and thinking gosh you know that's actually nothing to do with him um this is something else I didn't know what that was um but then of course that moment would have gone would go and we'd be back you know we'd sort of you know get through whatever that was so the, the I was getting more and more angry but not really doing anything about it I just thought it was life that's where we were then in 2016 somebody uh in somebody suggested to me that um the book codependent no more by melody Beatty might be worth reading this was somebody who is very close to me knows my story and was going through their own thing and said you know maybe you, you know why don't you read this so I read it and it was like I'd never even heard of codependency I was not in the self-development you know, world at all. I, I'd had little bits of counselling over the years, like three or four sessions to get me through something that was going on, but I'd not delved deep at all. And I read, I've never even heard of codependency. And I read it and thought, oh gosh, that that was like my childhood spread out in front of me. Because one thing I haven't mentioned um, so far is that my mother was an alcoholic, as well as all these other things that was going on. My mother was an alcoholic. So an emotionally absent mother who is putting drink before you or it feels like they're putting drink before you mm-hmm. um, was another layer to how I grew up. So I realised I was very much in a codependent relationship with her and with nearly everybody else in my life, actually. Um, so that was a big eye opener and that was December 2016 and I still didn't do anything about it. And then in January 2017 I lost a lot of the sight in my right eye I don't know what happened it was probably creeping up but I discovered what had happened in January 2017 I 
um, I, there was about three fifths of my eye I just couldn't see through. And um, I'm incredibly short sighted. Uh, and it turned out that what had happened was something very strange. Um, but uh, and I did get a lot most of the sight back, actually. But what had happened in the meantime was this massive unraveling. That was really my rock bottom. Yeah, because I kind of fell apart and just didn't know. I, I remember thinking, how on earth am I going to, you know, I built my worth. My self-worth was built on what I can do for people, um, how I can be helpful, being useful. Um, you know, that played out at home. It played out at work. It played out in my friendships. It played out everywhere. And I was like, how am I going to be able to do that? If Because what what... I was told the damage was permanent, which of course it turned out it wasn't, mm -hmm. but I was told the damage was permanent. They weren't sure whether they could stop it. Okay. And because of what had happened was a bit strange. There's actually, it could happen to the other one. So I very, I, I felt there was a very real risk that I was going to go blind. And, you know, I, I had no idea how I was going to cope with that. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to be able to be my life as it is. And as it has been, felt like it was over. Yeah. And I had no idea what was going to come next. And I realised that I, f I felt that nobody would want me. Mm. You know, what is the point of me being around if I can't do what I have been doing in the past um, because I can't see? And I just couldn't see my way through it. I just could not see. And I, I, I fell into quite a deep depression at mm. that stage. Um, and I decided I had nothing to lose um, and hopefully something to gain by finally going to therapy. Yeah. Um, and I said to, I came home one day from um, the eye hospital after yet another, um, like nobody still knew what they were going to do. And I was really frustrated. And I just said to my husband that I was going to have to go and get some help. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know how it would pan out. But I felt at that time that if I didn't go and get help, I was going to have to leave. I was so angry. I was so awful to be around mm -hmm. that I just said, I can't stay here as part of this family because I'm just going to, apart from that, I'm going to screw the kids up. Um, and that was the last thing I wanted. Um, you know, nobody wants to screw their kids up, but I was very aware of where I'd come from and I really didn't want to do that as much as I could um, yeah. to the kids. So I, I found a therapist. Um, you know, I would always tell everybody now, you know, speak to, a, you know, three or four and find out, you know, which one you feel you gel with. Well, I didn't do any of that. I just phoned one person. She phoned me back. She was the only one in Bristol that mentioned codependency, which is why I went to her. Mm -hmm. And um, I stayed there for three years. Originally, I only committed to six weeks. <laughs> then she... <laughs> Because I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be, you know, I thought that's all I'd need. Yeah. You know, six weeks was all I could sort of see that I could commit to. And then it was six months. And then I stayed for three years in the end um, and unpicked a lot of all these layers and all these patterns and uh, what happened. And, you know, the, 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 she was the first person who said to me that what I had experienced was not okay. Mm. and that was a really uh pivotal moment to 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 
and I th- I needed to hear that from somebody else I couldn't it always felt not okay mm-hmm. but um I kind of thought maybe I didn't deserve any better or something like that but yeah, yeah um she said that's not okay I was like oh okay <laughs> yeah it's it's it, I think it's one of the basic things that I think all human beings need we need to be heard and we need to be validated yeah. and, and not that we want to be constantly seeking validation from outside sources but in your case, you had never been heard and you had never been validated. And that little girl inside of you needed that. That was a non-negotiable. She absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She absolutely did. Yeah. And you know, it was three quite messy years. Yeah. I bet it was. <laughs> um, ups and downs, <laughs> but yeah. But it was absolutely um life-changing mm. you know you you, do, I, you don't go through something like that and not come out at the other end different absolutely um I'm not saying there wasn't still work to do but I was changed absolutely um and um I learned what in one of the first sessions she said to me uh, so what do you do just for you you know what do you enjoy doing yeah. and I was like what <laughs> I literally I had no idea um I kind of knew what she meant but I had no idea that and that 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 that's what that that was okay and that that people other people would have an answer to that yeah because I, I just spent so long doing things for everybody else all the time and you know I didn't always do it willingly it was there was quite a frustration and begrudging sort of feeling underneath it but that is what I had done I don't want you to think I'm like this saintly person going around <laughs> being fabulous to everybody because because I wasn't yeah I absolutely wasn't um so that's what I did slowly I learned how to um take time for myself and Mm -hmm. do things just for me and um I remember the first time I I went off for the the, an afternoon to to do something on uh well I went to a friend and I actually helped a friend clear a garden which I know sounds like I'm doing something for somebody else but to just say to my husband I'm going to go and help, you know, my friend do this today and I'll see you later was like, that was quite a big thing really. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to do that and to go, I quite like going doing something physical and outside and with a, with somebody you can have a good chat with at the same time. So I had a great day um, and I like clearing things out. I love when people's gardens are overgrown and I can sort of really help them. And because what happens is I it, it helps me clear my head clear my head out at the same time yeah you know, I like a good cathartic clear up yep. and um what I learned was going and doing that and saying this is what I'm going to do not not necessarily this is what I'm going to do and you know I don't care what you think but also not asking permission yes. it was like this is what I'm going to do for me and doing it and the world didn't my world didn't fall apart mm. you know nobody actually begrudged me that time yeah. and and that was a real um start to finding who I am yeah that was my start to finding you know who Philippa is underneath all those layers yeah. so I think you know um therapy helped me take some of those layers well it helped me understand the past actually and take uh, some of the layers off yeah. But I, I then sort of fell into a lot of self-coaching. I, 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 I did so much 
reading, listening to podcasts, doing workshops, webinars, you name it. I was like soaking it all um, in and, you know, did a lot of work on my own then really for another couple of years. And I couldn't have done that without the therapy. Um, But that on top of the therapy is what helped me find who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is self-love ignited and you know what I what I found was was me and I learned to love me um and I I can't imagine ever being able to say that in the past actually that I love me because it you know certainly here in the way I grew up and here in the UK it's you know we don't say that we love ourselves you know it's very you know you've got to be you know subdued and keep it sort of and now I say, yeah, I do love myself, not in a, oh, yeah, you know, look at her. She really loves herself. <laughs> um, but I, I do, you know, because if I don't love myself, you know, well, actually, it doesn't really matter whether anybody else, I mean, it does matter whether other people love me. But I, I you know, genuinely, I think I'm a really great person now. Mm-hmm. And, and I can say that without even, in fact, that's perhaps the first time I've ever said it without even a little like, oh. Um, you know because that's the greatest gift I could give myself it is it is it is and you know what I I think it's it's true right like there's really this misconception about what self-love is and self-love is not thinking that you're the best and you're flawless and that you're above everybody else (laughs) not at all like not even close right it's about seeing yourself accepting yourself um, you know, the light stuff, the dark stuff, the stuff that's easy to love, the stuff that's not so easy to love, respecting yeah. yourself, you know, holding yourself as worthy and deserving of everything that ever, like, it, it's all of that stuff. It's, it's not that you're better mm-hmm. than it's that you're enough. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. I definitely, you know, I've certainly not gone from where I was thinking I'm better than anybody else. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely not. It, it, it is just at accepting that I am enough and to understand that I'm enough just me just being me even if I'm not helping people even if I'm not doing things for other people Mm -hmm. just me being me is enough is enough to for me to have a place in my family in my community you know in the world just that is enough yeah um was life-changing yeah yeah how are your now that you've done all this work on yourself, now that you know yeah. that you are enough and you realize your codependency and, and, and worked through that, how are your relationships different now? Your relationships with your husband, with other family members, with friends, like how are those different now than how they used to be? Well, I won't, I won't lie, doing this work changes things. Yes. <laughs> um, especially when, you, you know, so I was 47 when I lost the sight in my eye. I, you know, I had a lot of years of building relationships built on the way that I was. So um, quite a few of my friendships went through a, uh, a rocky time. Mm-hmm. Um, not mainly because I retreated a lot, actually. I felt, I, and my world became very small because it was um a safer place I felt it was a safer place for me to be while I was doing all that work so I retreated from a lot of my um friendships um most of them I'd say are 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 I'm I'm back in the in the the bosom of those friendships um they are different 
I'm not the organizer as much as I used to be. I'm not the one that is, um, I'm much more a part of it rather than leading it or doing, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. Um, I've not really thought about that. What role do I play in my friendships? But they, they are different. Also, I'm not, I'm not trying so hard. Yeah, because I because I've moved around a lot. I've got friends all over the country. And yes, you know, the UK is not that big, but it takes time and effort, especially when you've got kids at school. You know, you're limited to the time that you've got to see them. And I don't see them anywhere near as much as I used to. And what was quite interesting when I backed off a little bit was to see who made the effort and who didn't make effort. But that doesn't mean so a lot of my friendships have changed. There are a lot. Most of them are still there. A couple that aren't that's okay um obviously I live with my husband and my children so they were in it with me I mean my my kids were both under 10 when I started this work just under 10 Mm -hmm. um so you know I think I wouldn't say it's gone unnoticed by them but not quite the same obviously you know we've had some we were having tricky times in our marriage before Mm -hmm before all this happened um and it's not been plain sailing uh it really hasn't but we are in a much better place now than we were I wouldn't say it's easier um because actually uh I am much more questioning of of our relationship and um I I suppose I want more from it Mm -hmm. so I think we I think we got to get we got together because we didn't really challenge each other on an emotional level it was quite a surface level relationship and obviously what I want now is something much deeper and you know it it it, it's it's been tricky Mm -hmm. at times but we are we are here we are doing great and he's actually now doing his own work which is marvelous because that's kind of what tends to happen I think it either goes one way or one way or the other yes and um you know obviously I don't know what the future holds but you know so far we're doing great um I think I'm a much better parent yeah for it I'm much more able to weather some of the things that have happened with my kids in the last five years and be able to advocate for them and do that with greater confidence than I would have been able to do if I hadn't done that work because I was still so busy pleasing everybody and not making a fuss and not, yeah. you know, um, yeah. you know, not raising my head above the parapet and all that. Whereas <laughs> now I'm like, actually, no, this is not right. Yeah. This this needs to happen um, and it's not happening, you know, with school and things like that. So yeah. um, I, I, my relationships have changed. Yeah. And but- for me, they've changed for the better. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like there's been a lot of changes, but a lot of really like healthy changes. And also yeah. what a beautiful example you are setting for your kids. Um, and, and, I, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think too, yeah. like you, like you said, your husband has started his own work and mm. I think you're right. I think it, it was going to go one way or the other. And the fact that he's, he's turning towards that um, yeah. is, is really beautiful. Like the fact that you yeah, can sort is. of encourage that in your loved ones is is a great yeah thing. yeah just yeah. by just by being you just by by doing what you do yeah because actually I did want him to go to therapy like quite early on and then I just gave up 
yeah. because it wasn't happening. And then the minute I gave up, he not the minute, it wasn't quite as quick as that. But then he's <laughs> like, actually, I'm I am gonna go and see a counselor. I'm like, oh great, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my, my kids are like 14 and very nearly 16 now, and you know, two boys, teenagers. Um, you know, this is a tricky time, but I do think I'm now I'm 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 convinced that I and us as a family are navigating this stage better I'm not saying we're doing it brilliantly but better than we would have done had we I mean I'm, I'm not sure we would still have been together to be fair if yeah. I hadn't done that work so for me it's been it's changed everything yeah um yeah but it, it's given me this it's given me this solid grounding and solid core of knowing who I am and loving who that person is that I never had before um so yeah you know I still might get rocked a little bit by things but the, the core is the core is solid um yeah I, I describe yeah. it that way quite often I use that word being solid within yourself and yeah. I think I think it can be challenging for some people to understand it but I get you a hundred percent it's it's like the it's it's unmoving as the yeah. world moves around you as chaos happens sometimes and family and friends and people and emotions it's like there is a part of you that is solid and strong and it's like this this core that just is unshakable so I yeah. I get it I totally get it I get it I get it so it's a great thing to have yeah mm. um yeah okay I want to switch direction a little bit I want to find out about what you're doing now and your business now because you mentioned before that you used to be a lawyer that was your you know you were in corporate you did that for a long time um <laughs> and you are not anymore so tell no, us no no I'm not I'm not um I I finally left I managed to sort of stay in the law for quite a long time by changing the roles I did and easing myself out but in 2019 just as I was finishing um therapy I wanted to change my role at work to be much more people focused because I realized people are what have always fascinated me and interested me. Yeah. And um, it was a role I was really doing, but they didn't acknowledge anyway. They, they were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, if you don't want to do this role, we haven't got that role for you. So thanks and bye. Um, which was, I was absolutely gutted you know I'd been in this company since it had almost started and I'd really helped them build where to where they were and for them to let me go that easily I was I was absolutely gutted so that was a, I you know I then fell into another bit of depression mm -hmm. at that stage mm -hmm. and also it was it was my identity as well I I realized how much I identified as being a lawyer so no matter what else no matter how rubbish everything else was I sort of um I suppose I got some of my, uh, uh, what's the word? Strength's not the right word. I can't think of the word. You know, I did identify really strongly with being a lawyer. And I could say I was a lawyer and people understood, even if they didn't know what sort of law I meant, yeah. they kind of understood what that was. And yeah. so to leave all that behind and to go to do what I'm doing now when people are like, what? Um, it took it, it did take a while for me yeah. for, to, to get used to that so um six months after I left I thought okay I sort of half-heartedly looked for another law job to see whether there were them around and then we hit the pandemic so luckily none of those that searching came to anything we hit the pandemic went into lockdown and I just thought you know this is this is my sign to do something different to give it a go because I'm forced to stay in I'm forced to you know make make the best of what we've got yeah. so I built myself um a website 
and and thought okay well let's see what happens and I um and I did a coaching course because I'd all I part trained as a counselor as a therapist um but decided not to finish it I you, you could do it in stages so I I did the uh, foundation stage which is all about learning your own stuff which I was doing at the same time as therapy so that had blown my mind a bit yeah. but I also realized I didn't want to be a therapist what I was attracted to is being a coach because that's much more about looking forward um, yeah. and finding out where you are now a little bit of looking back to how you got to where you are but also moving forward and how are you going to do that um, so I started that slowly two mm -hmm. years ago I spent most of last year and um, 2021 um, writing a book because I when I left therapy I I've always wanted to write a book and I thought actually I'm going to write my story I feel like that is what I did to really honor little Philippa and kind mm -hmm. of what she'd been through and it felt a little bit like drawing a line underneath it yeah. so I um I, I I started to try and write it myself and realized I couldn't do it and it was just I needed help so I um I got a book coach and she helped me and it took most of 2021 to put together and mm -hmm. write mm -hmm. but I did um have I got a copy of it somewhere no but you know the, the tagline is Philippa's journey from less than to enough mm. um and it, and it really does talk about the whole of my story and that was an amazing thing to do I'm so so proud I, I still find it quite hard to say that but I'm really proud that I I did this and I wrote this book mm -hmm. um and also I started a podcast so I'm a coach I'm an author and I have a podcast where I talk about my journey and I talk about things that are going on with my clients and um, things that have come up yeah. with my clients. So that are general themes. So, um, yeah, that's what I do now. So my life is very, very different. Very different. Was. Yeah. And there's no way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like there's no way you could ever have done what you're doing now if you didn't do the work, if oh, you God, didn't God, find God. this no. love for yourself right like that 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 had to happen so that you could make this transition absolutely yeah I mean I've, I've wanted to write a book for a long time people have said to me nobody would ever believe what your life has been like so write it down and I'm like yeah and I've started to write it I started to write it as fiction I've written a few first chapters a few times yeah. and it was only really after having unpacked it all um that I felt able to do it yeah. um I think I had to be strong enough in myself I think yeah. to then tell my story absolutely yeah. yeah that that it takes a lot of vulnerability to share and if you are not if you don't have that solid core we were just talking about if you haven't got that yet it's not safe to put it out in the world right exactly yeah yeah exactly. yeah you have to get you have to feel safe to do it first without a doubt if you could go back and give any advice to your younger self a oh. little, 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 little Philippa. Keep go back and talk to her. What would you tell yeah. her? Oh gosh, what would I tell her? I, oh gosh, that's making me feel quite emotional. Um, I would tell her that none of what is happening is her fault. Mm. Um, because I know it's classic that when when things go wrong in families, kids always blame themselves, yeah. and you know, um, 
there was one time that I was scrabbling around trying to find my birth certificate because I wanted to find out how soon after my parents got married I was born because I felt that if I she, my mum had to get married because I was pregnant that would be my fault and yeah. y- you know um and it wasn't she, she I was born 13 months not but even so it, it, I mean how messed up is that to think that just by existing that was my fault um and um so messed up so I would want her to know that none of it is her fault and that she deserves better I couldn't change anything for her but you know you deserve better so want better want more for yourself and um you know I was going to say do the work sooner and maybe if I'd had somebody who understood what I was going through at the time, who could just tell me that, you know, I was okay. I was enough just as I was. I might have been able to do the work sooner, but I, I do believe I wasn't ready to yeah. do it until yeah. I did it. And and now, you know, I've turned 50 in the middle of all this. And, you know, this, you know, my 50s is like so far the best decade, <laughs> decade so far. And I'm really, really loving stepping into sort of life at last. Mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like um mm-hmm. uh but yeah I would sorry to go back to your original question I'd want her to know that it's not her fault yeah. um and that she's you know she deserves better and that it's gonna get better oh right? well like, yeah. like, like it's gonna get better just everything that you've said it's like yeah I mean I think too as kids obviously children don't have the same perspective of the world right they're very much in the present moment so they don't always sort of have the ability to look forward like adults do which I think is a blessing in a lot of ways um yes but yeah yeah that's beautiful Philippa if there's somebody who is listening to this who is maybe in a place where you used to be yeah do you have uh an exercise or a practice or something that you would recommend they start with um so I would I mean, I did nothing until I I hit rock bottom and then went to therapy. Um, I think the things I've learned since I might have helped. I mean, I journal a lot now and I have, I don't journal. I used to journal every day. I started actually doing when I was writing my book, doing the um, Julia Cameron's morning pages. Mm -hmm. So I read the artist way and started doing the morning pages, which really got me in the habit of just writing every day. And some days it was something and nothing, but some days it was really insightful. So to get in that habit of writing every day really helped me see the power of journaling. I don't do it every day now. I've sort of fallen out of that habit. But when I need to, I know that's a really great tool for me to unravel Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say journaling is... And I know everyone talks about journaling. I think it's like, but it really does work if you yeah. if you can just let it. And I know somebody who calls it release writing instead of journaling because mm-hmm. it's really if you've got something going on, just write. It doesn't you know you don't don't. It doesn't have to be even legible. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't even it doesn't have to be proper sentences. Just write what comes out. You might not even you, you know read it back. Yeah. It's literally to get it out, out of your head and onto the page. Um, talking, so talking in therapy or mm-hmm. finding a really, 
a friend who listens rather than a friend who tries to fix because you don't need fixing you just need to be heard um I didn't do that and I'm still not great I'm better much better at talking to my friends about what is going on but that's been quite a, a learning curve for me um but just giving it air just just letting letting whatever is going on for you out be it writing be it talking um be it talking to your phone be it talking uh, I, I mean not out loud but just just I, I feel that giving it things air to breathe and, and almost like letting them go yeah really, really helps lift the the lid on that pressure cooker a bit mm. um the other thing is finding something that brings you joy <laughs> so yeah. finding your creativity um because we've all got creativity in us but I definitely didn't think that I was creative and discovering my joy of writing has really helped so I write articles on medium now I write blog posts I've obviously written my book and I do a lot of processing as I write yeah. you know a lot of my book is oh actually as I'm writing so I I definitely process as I write and I yes I wrote my book on a laptop but actually pen on paper pencil on paper is there's something happens differently in your brain when you do it that way rather than type so um yeah yeah that's magic and 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 just finding what well, yeah finding whatever it is that brings you joy and allowing yourself giving yourself permission mm. to do things regularly that light you up fill you up bring you joy yeah make you happy whatever resonates with the work you know take time for yourself yeah yeah that's that's beautiful. Good advice and all very doable things, right? All of those things are something that can start today, right now. You, yeah. don't, have, you don't have to yeah. wait wait for something. There is no like perfect time. The perfect time is now. If the you, perfect time is... Yeah. If it feels Even right. if you just get a piece of scrap paper and just write on it. And, oh, you know, yeah. if you do release writing and you've got anger to get out or anything like that, it's really great to write it and then either scrunch it up or burn it or, or you know, just rip it up into pieces um but you can do that now go out for a walk in nature um yeah. you know or go to the ocean or, or whatever it is that that fills you up go and do that yeah. now um I'm trying to think of things uh, you know and you know if you can walk out of your door and just you've got nature out your door or not very far away I mean that's free isn't it yeah it doesn't have to be ex- expensive um things to do or therapy you know because I know not everybody has the 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 ready available money to access therapy and and coaching but really do think about that because doing this work is easier with it's not easy but it's easier with support yes yes it absolutely Um, is but you can do it without you can you can and there is a lot available out there yeah right there's a lot of books there's a lot of resources um okay Philippa there's your wonderful podcast (laughs) and yours as well well and mine yeah so yeah there's our wonderful podcast our wonderful podcast that's right yeah that's right Philippa if listeners want to find out more about the work that you do if they want to get in touch with you um where's the best place for them to do so so the best place is my website you'll find everything about me my book my podcast there um that is safe and supported.co.uk um my podcast is on all the usual platforms. It's on YouTube, um, 
and that's called meeting of minds meeting of minds beautiful and i'll make sure that the links to those are in uh the show notes so it's nice and simple to click through to find thank you oh my book's on amazon as well (laughs) excellent excellent we'll we'll link to that we'll link to yeah yeah thank you (laughs) philippa thank you so much for coming on today i feel like your you know i mean we could have if we wanted to you know get messy we could have like delved into all of the layers because you have a lot of layers right i mean we barely touched on um the you know not feeling wanted as a baby we barely touched on alcoholism of your mother right and like all of these things have such a deep impact but i really want to honor you for coming on and sharing your story with us so candidly um because just you know this is how we heal stories are healing stories are connecting and um yeah i'm really grateful for you so thank you for that oh you're welcome and that's why i like to come on podcasts and tell my story because i if i'd heard stories like this when i was really in the mire it might have inspired me to do something uh, earlier so um yeah thanks for this opportunity it's been lovely to be here and and talk about the good side like the healing and what comes after yeah. the healing because actually <laughs> that's where the joy is so um yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.